The Church Sound Podcast is brought to you by Invisible Media Training. If you want to empower your tech staff, we have courses that teach churches the technical tools for ministry. Hit them at InvisibleMediaTraining.com. It's time to empower and grow. Welcome to the Church Sound Podcast. Part of the Repurpose Network. Where kingdom culture, real life, and technology intersect. I'm your host, Prentice Thompson. And what we do, we talk to real people, pastors, leaders, engineers, tech people, manufacturers, worship leaders, all about church, technology, and provide solutions for a successful Sunday morning service. You ready? It's time to take a ride. Let's go. Yes. Yes. Welcome to another edition of the Church Sound Podcast. I'm your humble host, Mr. Prentice Thompson. And thank you for the lovely applause. You know, I didn't know you. I just didn't know you guys cared so much. Ah, we have a great show today. You know, we've been in this training last bunch of episodes, man, talking to a lot of powerful people about training, what goes on there, you know, behind the inner workings of church. You know, sometimes when you, I'm pretty sure you go to your favorite restaurant, right? And the food is amazing, but you just don't know what goes on in the kitchen. You have no idea. This is, this is kind of that. What goes on in the kitchen? I have a great, great guest. Episode number 121. We have the CEO and the founder of Church Sound and Media Tech. They have an acronym called CSMT, which I thought was amazing. This guy is a front of house engineer, live and broadcast, trainer, consultant, conference presenter. He has too many acronyms and too many titles. So I figured I'd just bring him in. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs of all ages, please welcome to the concert, to the conversation, David Jordan. Hey, Don. You know, you sound you sound overwhelmed and overjoyed. I'm too happy to be here. You know, I just want to let that let you know that. <laughs> A little nervous. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Listen, it's nothing to be nervous about. First of all, you're you're, you're amongst friends, you're amongst family, because the people that that you're gonna be talking to are the people that you talk to all the time, all the time, <laughs> every day. I'm pretty sure you've run into, <laughs> you've been in a church or two, maybe. Could yeah. be. <laughs> so how you doing how's your day going uh not bad i guess i mentioned earlier just waiting out of this storm because i'm in florida so uh, i wonder the wait the bu- is the worst part yeah so so how many how many i mean have you had to uh evacuate anytime since being down there uh not personally i worked for the fire department for 30 years so i had to do a lot of that stuff Oh yeah, so you were yeah, storm, yeah, yeah. You weren't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Every time there's a storm, my family is pretty much on their own. I had to get them ready and then I was at the fire station the whole time. Wow. Wow. A civil servant. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you so much. <clears throat> so let me ask you, how did this journey into you know being an engineer begin for you? I started at a very, very young age because my dad uh and his friend did sound at the church I grew up in. Just pretty much followed them around, you know, helping out any way I could and just enjoyed it. Right. First time I ran sound by myself was at that church. And that was for a, uh, like a convention revival type thing they had at the church. And my dad and his friend were in a, a bowling league and they couldn't make it that night. And they, they, just like, hey, can you run it? And I did. And that was back when they used to enclose sound rooms and, you know, booths. Wow. The window that slid open. <laughs> I was, this is what I remember about it. I was so small, I had to sit on the back of the chair, like this part. And wow. put my butt up here, <laughs> my feet in the seat to see out the window. Wow. Wow. That was the first time I ran audio by myself. That's called trial by oh, fire. <laughs> And the nobody even knew it. The pastor, after the fact, went to a restaurant and happened to see my dad and his friend there. <laughs> and he's like, you guys weren't there tonight. Wow. And they're like, no. He's like, who ran the sound? And they're like, oh, my son did. He's like, never knew it. Wow. And I kind of took that later on, you know, after 
I realized what happened. I kind of took that as a compliment since they didn't know there was someone else there. You know, that, that is a testament to, you know, being a great engineer is that when no one turns around and looks at you and says anything and you're invisible, that's exactly what is the definition of a success. Yeah. That's, that's the way I looked at it because they didn't know I was there. So I did good. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always, you know, I've always done it in churches since then. Wow. Mainly, mainly volunteer for years and years and years and years. Probably was it the last three or four years. I've actually started getting paid doing it, doing freelance work and stuff. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So, during your infancy stages, like engineering, like what was the biggest lesson you learned during that time? Uh, I'm to think biggest lesson I learned. Uh, there's really more, more ways than one to do things. And uh, the smaller churches come up with a lot of creative ways sometimes that really aren't probably the way you should do things, but it gets the job done. Right. Sometimes you have to think outside the box, but I don't know if that's really the answer. You're it looking is for. a great answer because uh, I just got a call from a friend of mine who's um, <clears throat> setting up his little small studio. And he called me, asked me like, Hey, listen, I need to come up with some, some Jerry rig ways to do. I want to do X, Y, Z. And when, when you, when you, Grown up and not had a lot, you've learned to to make do with what you had and learn how to make things work. Because I mm-hmm. remember, like, as a kid, I couldn't afford a four track. So, as a musician, only thing I could do was take two tape, two 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 cassette players, t- <laughs> two cassette recorders, and record the bass and play it, run it back, play the chords. And by the time yeah, you have more white notes than anything, but you got a song. <laughs> But you you learned those those things of the necessity of the moment to try to figure out ways to do it. So yeah, a lot of times small churches, that's kind of what you that's what you, that's kind of what you have to do, you know, to to move to move things forward. So let me ask you, um, as an engineer, like what as you know, as you've been observing engineers over the years, what do you think like the best attribute of an engineer, like? far as personality, technical qualities, what do you think are the best attributes? Uh, In my opinion, I mean, this might ruffle some feathers. I don't know. Hey, I'm Uh, here for it. You you shouldn't put yourself out there as knowing everything. Because in my opinion, nobody knows it all. You're always learning. Yeah. You know, and I don't care. You can learn from anybody. I don't care who you are. That's true. You you might think you know it all. And some somebody younger than you comes in and they're like, hey, why don't you try this? Something that you never thought of. And you're like, hmm. Yeah. You know, never thought about that. So that's my thing. You know, don't put yourself up on a pedestal so much that you're that you're not willing to listen to others. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a big thing when you um when you're trying to evaluate people, it's one thing. It's it's that's a personality trait. One thing, um the the because we all have the know it all engineer. Like we walked into plenty of churches. I'm pretty sure you have to. I worked at plenty of churches. You have the know it all engineer, and he can't get past go because he won't listen to anything because this is the way we do it. Mm-hmm. And that and that's dreams die. Dreams are in graves because this is not the way we do it. That uh, we don't do it that way, as opposed to thinking inside, inside and outside, and outside the box. What was the um the first console you mixed on? Like, what was it? It was actually a uh, vocal master, sure vocal master. Wow, <laughs> wow! It was like the four channel one. Is that the one or the eight channel? I forget how many channels it has. Is it like a a square like rectangle yeah. thing just had knobs on it. No, right. no faders. No at faders, all. no nothing. Yeah, that's right. It had the two big column speakers that came with it. Wow. 
But we're talking back in the day. Yeah, that's yeah, because you said you said a sure. I'm like, oh, the mic. The, oh yeah, I I I remember seeing those things. Like, wow. You so so basically, you were mixing without EQ at all. Pretty much, yeah. This level. I mean, <laughs> this you got garbage in. You got garbage dude, out. This, this 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 don't go feedback. You can't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty much all you're doing is adding a little reverb and just controlling the volumes. Right, right, right. Yeah. So let me ask you. So when you um, when you go when you go to churches and like visit churches or mix at churches, what do you think is the the biggest thing that most churches overlook? Most churches have, I don't know if it's an overlook or just a personality thing. Mm-hmm. Most of them have problems with the tech crew and the worship team. Mm. Just communication, mainly. And that's, you know, it's not a we versus them thing. It Sometimes it comes across that way. <laughs> Yeah, but, but, it, but it's really people, not, you know, are kind of that way, you know, but they need to get out of that mold. And if you become friends with everybody, talk to everybody, everything goes a little better. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, you know, you, you know, you're trying to get your guitar player. If you use amps on the stage to turn it down a little bit and you don't really know them, you walk up there. Hey man, you mind turning it down? And they're like, yeah, whatever. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but if you know the person, and you go up there, it's a different approach, right. you know. And because you kind of know them personally, like, hey man, you're just a little loud today. You mind, you know, turn that back a little bit. Chances are they're going to do that as opposed to the you know tech crew versus worship team thing, where you don't really know them. Right. So when you're, when you're consulting churches and you go and you have that problem, mm. like, what do, you, what, what do you do? I, it's hard for some people to get over that. You know, with today's mixers, with the digital realm and everything, and where you can mix on iPads and whatnot, and people getting into the inner monitors, some people, you know, mix them from front of house. Some people have stuff on stage. A way to break that gap sometimes is to just walk down there. If you have it on iPad, walk down there, you know, and listen to what they're listening. If they're using stage wedges, you know, and kind of interact with them a little more, you know, that way it kind of breaks that barrier. You get to know them a little bit more and they get to know you and they don't feel like you're 150 feet away all right. the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. That that you know that's so true. Like a lot of times, when I when when I when they people bring me in the mix, or even if I'm doing a, a consultation, what I'll what I'll do is, I will go and be the most happiest guy they seen. You know, I'm there to make sure that your gift, you're going to be comfortable enough to share your gift. So I'll come in. And see the bass player, whoever, and say, hey, man, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, what kind of bass is that? Just random conversation. This and that. People know that I know what you're doing. I know what you have. Oh, so do you like your wedge there? Like, is that a good place for you? Like, what do you want to hear in your wedge? Like, how can I help you? You know, people don't care how much they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So once yeah, you I exactly. figured That's out. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. So once you, you once people figure out that you care about what they're doing to minister, then you'll get more out of them. You know, negotiation um, becomes easier because mm-hmm. we're both sharing in the same thing. Like we're here to worship the King through our gifts. We're here to bring souls to Christ through our gifts. So let's work together for the end result. And when you don't do that, and I've been around jerk engineers You'll get nothing out of anybody. Oh yeah, and usually it, you get bad sound too. Yeah, you get bad Bro. sound. You get bad you sound. because it's 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 <clears throat> it's really working backwards. 
because I mean, the engineer is trying to, he's one-minded, won't listen to the people on the stage. So they're not giving him what he needs in turn. He can't produce what he needs to produce or she, you know, whatever it be, you know, it makes it harder all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's you know, and we're all in it for the same reason. Yeah. So there's no reason to, to do that, you know, and some of the small churches I found too, that you can walk in there as a consultant and tell them the exact same thing. Oh gosh. That their sound engineer did. And they'll believe you over him. Oh yeah. Her. You go there with your kids. <laughs> you know, oh yeah. Same you know, thing. It's the same, same thing. You tell you, you tell your kid, you know what? You shouldn't blah, 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 blah. And they said, yeah, right there. Yeah, right there. And then they come home they're free. You know, my friend told me, my teacher said, my, 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 my Susan's mom said, Eat, right. Okay. Long as you got it. I don't even have to bring yeah. up that. I told you this for, for the last 10 years, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and some of it's just building confidence with the engineers in some of the smaller places you go, because some of them never, you know, they're just doing it because they have nobody else. Yeah. Availability. And they just need a little, little confidence, you know, and just, just takes time. Yeah. Use your ears, confidence. You know, yeah. if I've, it's easier if you're, if you were a musician or are a musician. Oh, uh, yes, sir. To come up with a better mix than somebody that isn't, in my opinion. Oh, it's so true because you have to understand what, you, what you're listening to. If you're listening to music, especially, especially if you, you, you want to be an engineer or you're stuck in, or you, you volunteered to be an engineer and say you're, the church plays a multi many genres of music. You kind of have to kind of understand mm-hmm. <laughs> what you're listening to. Oh, on this type of song, they don't really use a Rhodes. They use an acoustic along with a pad, along with acoustic guitar, along with the cajon, along with so all these all these instruments, you have to be able to like dial them up and say, oh, where's not you didn't even got to talk in frequency. You gotta say, Oh, I know what that is. I know what that should sound like. And and be able to present it. But if you have no relation to music, I had a guy, I was at a church and I showed up, I told this story many times and I was running late and I, and the engineer at the church, I said, listen, can you start sound check? I'm in a cab. He start sound check and by the, start line check and start sound checking before I get there. And when I got there, it, it had two guitarists yeah, two guitarists, bass player, drummer, key guy on keys, and I said, "All right, so I said, where's the um, where you had the bass channel coming in at?" He said, "Which one?" I said, what do "You mean which one?" They said, "The bass." He said, "Oh, the the um the other guitar," <laughs> and. <laughs> It's it's a, a guitar that plays all low notes, right? The card, yeah, the one that plays all the low notes, and I and it took all of my energy not to exchange my expression to 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 utter shock. Like, how do you know that is not a bass guitar? But he didn't understand. He didn't understand music. So what ended up happening was, you know, I talked to the pastor. I said, "Hey, listen, this dude's a really good administrator, but it's this young guy." that you have here who's asking me a million questions. Mm-hmm. This guy is behind me. He's next to me. Everywhere I go, he's there. He, he, he wants to know why I did this. How come I did this? What? I said, listen, let me spend my time pouring into him because he's going to be your engineer. And this guy can go to the office and run it. And that's exactly what happened. And, it's, and that young guy is a great engineer right now. It's just evaluating like where you, where you fit within the ministry. Oh yeah, because I mean, different churches, like you said, I mean, different churches need different things depending on what denomination they are, what you know, what culture they are, what kind of music they're doing, everything. You know, I've kind of learned that because I've had the uh, chance to mix for Brazilian services, Spanish services, you know, all jazz stuff, all kinds of stuff. So. And that it's all different when you're mixing it because you need a little bit different outcome. So, you, you know, that's where it helps to know 
the different genres. Right. So, so when the digital realm came in for you, how happy were you? <laughs> At first it took a little bit of playing with it. Got you. And just learning things and first digital mixer I used was a personas. Everyone the did. Old school personas. The first the 16, one? The 16, 16 402, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a it was a walkie type of way to look at in, look at EQing because he was like, what? Yeah. I mean, it's just a little different, but I've come to the conclusion after mixing on different mixers. They all, all digital mixers, I don't care what brand, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not hung up on personally. You have to, you have to use this, this mixer for it to sound good. We'll get in that second, <laughs> but Basically, all digital mixers do the same things. It's right. just where it's at on the mixer and how you get to it. Yes, sir. You know, they all have a gain. They all have a fader. They all have EQ. They, any, you know, most of them have gates, compressors, all high, that stuff. High pass. So, you know, you yeah. Know, yeah. They all have the same stuff. And I've heard people, oh, you know, this this mixer sounds so much better than that one. That's what you need to get. And I've come to the conclusion one day. I was thinking about this. I'm like, so is what they're telling me, which I think is almost next to impossible. And I'd like to challenge somebody to walk into a church they've never been in before, sit in the congregation, and tell me what mixer they're running. That is a great analogy. Because yeah. it's not just the mixer. It's the entire system and the person behind it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so true. Because, I mean, you would have to have perfect ears to, to sit in a congregation and be like, oh, they're running that new Alan Heath Vantis. Right. Probably have, you know, uh, EV speakers. Right. I think it's impossible, personally. Did you know that 177 million Americans listen to podcasts? You know, you can listen to podcasts anywhere. Most people listen to at least eight shows a week. So what does that mean for your church? Isn't the goal to reach more people with your message? You know, Tascam has been the choice of musicians, engineers, and broadcast professionals worldwide. And now they enter the new age of the podcaster, where they once again combine affordability, portability, and sound quality in one elegant package with the Tascam Mixcast 4. Isn't it great to hear the roar of the crowd behind your voice at the tips of your fingers? The ease of use and the portability of this hardware unit where you can have four microphone inputs, Bluetooth, telephone, and computer input all at the reach of your fingers. So do yourself a favor and go to your local retailer or retailer online and get yourself a Tascam Mixcast 4 because the goal is to reach more people with your message. I, I, t I totally agree because there's no way in the world that a mixer does not the connect. The mixer is the centerpiece. What's around it is what makes the sound, the type of amps, the speakers. And on top of that, who's driving the car? Because mm -hmm. you could have and who's on stage too. Yeah. Say it again. Who's on stage too? <laughs> no, it starts right there. Who's on stage? Mic placement all the way down the line. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I I I, I totally, I totally agree with you. So with the with I w I went to the Facebook page and I was like, wow, this guy really loves Digico. <laughs> oh, that's my uh. It's my your church? Page you're on? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I do a lot. My mainly freelance at First Baptist Orlando. Okay. That's what they have. They have Digico there in their main main auditorium. But they in some of their venues, they, they're thinking of upgrading. They're still trying to figure out. They're like any church. They're a huge church. But I went there one time before I started helping there because I, I, I've known the people there for years and years. And that's... 
act before they did their renovation, I forget how many years ago, and they were looking at getting new cameras. But that's back when they, I think they're on TV still back then and stuff. And I realized at that point, they have the same problems smaller churches do just on a different scale. Yes. Because where small churches fight to get one or two cameras, when they needed to change their cameras out, they needed to do them all, which they run one, I think they ran like five cameras at that time. Mm. And it's a huge venue. So you can't just buy something at Best Buy to get by. It's got to be a good camera with a big lens. Right. Glasses, everything. Yeah, I mean, the whole nine yards. And it took them a while to get that passed. So the same thing with the consoles they have. They have a couple M7s, which that's kind of the older school, the digital mm-hmm. consoles. Right. But still work. They still sound decent. Right. You know, and so they have both ends of it. Wow. Wow. So um, so when it comes to when it comes to your approach to mixing, like what's your approach? As far as like organically, like, like, where do you start? What's your starting point? I usually just start with the basics with my, my rhythm, my kick, kick, bass, you know, drums start there and then, then work, work my vocals in. Usually I, uh, like the lead vocal needs to stand out a little bit more than the background vocals. And Uh, pretty much. I mean, I just do what sounds good to me. Well, being you know? it, do, are, do, are you running waves or um, or are at, you doing internal plugins? At uh, First Baptist Orlando, they have a waves unit. There. Okay, okay, good. I have a great question for you. What's your favorite compressor? I don't really get into the waves thing a whole lot their main engineer that's there 99% of the time, Alex uh, Dombach. He's more into that because he's grown up in the digital age. He knows more about that stuff. Okay. I'm just getting into it. Okay. Um, so I don't really want to say. Because <laughs> I, I don't. I use it, but not. I, I get you. I get you. I get you. The reason why I'm asking is because I remember, well, I, I started out as a musician, as a music producer in, in studios. So the Waze plugins were synonymous with studio recording or mixing yeah. in studios. So when they became available for front of house, I like to lost my mind because I know what compressors I like and I know what EQs I like and being able to have like a, a API or a DBX 60 or, or uh, 1173 and all the things that I, that I would use in a recording studio to be able to have front of house changed everything for me. So with, with, with you being that you were, you started out in the analog world front of house I'm pretty sure you guys were using like DBX 160s, right? Back in the day? We didn't have any outboard gear. Wow. You know, so I grew up, if it wasn't on the mixer, we didn't have it. <laughs> oh, wow. You so, know? so this is a, this, this is kind of a brand new world for you in a, in a sense. Yeah, it is. You know, I've been learning a little bit more here, here and there about it, but my whole thing with the waves thing and, uh, some engineers agree with me, some won't. You should make it sound good with the mixer you have first. Okay. And then if you want to add a little flavor like icing on top of the cake, that's where your waves comes in. In my opinion, you shouldn't bury everything, you know, you have a vocal channel with eight different things on your waves channel. Right, yeah, your signal, your signal chain is like... You know, two compressors, an EQ, a this, know, a shelf. Why do you uh, need that much to make one voice sound? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's maybe because I came from yeah. the old school. Yeah, and, and a lot of times it's 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 what you're exposed to. You know what I mean? As a yeah. as an engineer, like I grew up, I grew up in this 
mix in front of house like you use you use with the board hat, you know, and if, if the digital board had a had a had a, had a had a had a reverb and you didn't have to plug one in, great, you know, <laughs> super. But when I first started mixing, you had a reverb unit and you had a delay unit <laughs> that were you that you were running to an aux. And mm-hmm. that's what that's what you were doing. It's the same premise, I guess, but in with younger kids, they 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 yeah. they walk into the digital age not even they just know candy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my opinion, I don't think you should go, you know, I don't think you should go straight to ways and start doing all that stuff unless you're gonna leave what's on the board on alone. The board. Right. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Then you but gotta have enough power to do that anyway, you know. But that's all, you know, whatever's engineer's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But what they're used to, what they like doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it sounds good, it sounds good. Yeah. What's your outcome? Right. That's it. The end result, end result is anything. So what was the defining moment for you to begin CSMT? I did it when I was a volunteer tech director at a church to I wanted to buy some new gear and I wanted to learn more about it, but I don't really trust reviews online because I don't know who put them there. (laughs) It could be all the family members of the company that had, you know, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I wanted to learn from people that actually used it in the same setting I did. So it started out very small as me, a couple people at my church, my family, and I just started out sending some emails to local churches around and stuff about it. And it just started growing. And I kept doing that for a while. And now it pretty much promotes itself. I do nothing. And I add probably 20 people a day. Wow. To it. And I mean, it's constantly. If you look at the page, there's constantly people posting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very, very active page. You know, it, the one thing that people have to realize with it, especially the more seasoned people that know a lot more than some of the people that are just coming up learning with 86,000 people, you're going to get 86,000 opinions. <laughs> <laughs> it's the numbers that game. Goes, that goes back to sometimes, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Right. Is it the correct way to do it? Might not be, but do they have the funds to do it the correct way? Right. If you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, sometimes you have to come up with a creative way to accomplish something that doesn't cost as much, but you come out with the same outcome. True, true, true. It's not really doing it wrong. It's just not having the funds to approach it like a more professional and would that makes yeah sense. yeah 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 that makes perfect sense so what what made what made you go to facebook route as opposed to a website free <laughs> oh free 99 okay <laughs> if it's free it's for me <laughs> i mean there's a facebook has a it's a easy platform. If I would have started a website, how am I going to get people attracted to do that? Right. For one, I mean, I've seen, uh, what they call them where they have stuff like this on, on like a web page, but it's a thing where you go in and chat with each other. Right. Uh huh. Right. I think the name of it, what they call those, but you have to have the traction and get that name out there somehow for people to even find your webpage. That's true. And Facebook, Facebook. is a great place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the, it's, 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 where it does it for at. you. Right. Right. I've, I've never, you know, how Facebook has where you can uh, spend so much money to try to promote stuff. I've done it all organically, never boosted any posts, nothing. Cause I looked at, I looked at the start date. It was like 2001. It's actually further back than that. Wow. I started the group at one time. I forget how many people were in it. Facebook 
decided that they were going to change the way they did groups and they wanted to like kind of restart it. So I actually restarted the group, closed one and opened another one. Wow. But in the grand scheme of things, I didn't really have to do that. I could have kept the same group probably and Facebook would have just morphed it over. Right, right. I didn't know that at the time, the way they sent it to me. It sounded like I was going to have to close down the group and start it again. So that's what I did. Wow. That, that's, that's, that's beautiful. So but luckily that was when I didn't have a lot of people on it. So it didn't affect it a lot because mm-hmm. I, you know, I posted all over it that I was changing links to it and everything. So I don't think we lost a lot of people doing that. Wow. And yeah. Cause you, you in the early stages, it'd <clears throat> yeah. be different if it was now that's different, you know? Oh yeah. Now would be. Yeah. That's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause it's, it amazes me how far around the world it reaches. I mean, there's people from everywhere on this thing. Wow. You know, and wow. some some of the people I've had people post from like Ghana. You know, they got like a PV mixer and stuff, and people are like, oh, you know, you know, you need, you need to get rid of that thing. It's like, dude, you don't know what they have over there, right? This is like gold to them. Mm-hmm. Stuff that people here are getting rid of. That's the truth. You know, this is, it's like the Mac Daddy over there. Yeah. You know, in some of these places. And you can't just think, you know, oh, you got to have this. No. You got to know the situation, where they're from, all kinds of stuff. Right. Right. So, you know, it sounds like, it's like, it's it's a, it's a strong community of, of, of technicians in churches like what? What is the biggest thing you've you've kind of learned from this community that you that you've kind of fostered? Just having an open mind to uh, look at new things, approach things differently. You know, just like the, you know, that's my thing. Just, I said, anybody can learn. Any, you know, just people, I have people on, on the group that have contacted me that don't really post much. They just read, post and learn Mm. just from reading. And that's a thing, you know, you get in the training people, you have to think of different styles sometimes to train people. Some people learn from reading. Some people learn from watching. Some people learn from just repetition to doing it, you know, so. It's different for each person. So are you doing like online courses or like how, how are you doing your trainings or? I, I, I'll train people if they call me up and want me to come out to their church or whatnot and do stuff. Usually from what I've found so far, some of these smaller churches, like I said earlier, they have people that really aren't sound engineers per se, but they do it because they're the only one in their church that can do it. Yeah. For the most part, they're not that bad at doing it. They just need confidence. So how, do, so, how, so how do you build confidence in that person? And you just, is what I like to do if, if I can. This is the approach I kind of like to take is I'll come in and watch what they're doing. And then, you know, to kind of get a feel for how their church is. And then I might come come back and they can watch how I do it. And then we'll kind of morph both of them together if we can. And just teach them most, a lot of it's just confidence on the board they have, really. Right. Right. And I haven't been to a church yet, I'll say that, that the guy behind, behind the board, you know, is like, dude, you shouldn't be doing this crap. <laughs> you know i haven't found that yet it's just you know unfortunately i have (laughs) yeah i haven't ran into that luckily but i mean some of it is just the way some of the smaller churches run Mm -hmm. some of the old 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 churches you ain't getting them to change no matter what 
Yeah. They can bring somebody in there. I went the one, one time, little, little, little church guy that had more monitor speakers than they did. Oh for gosh. I've been to those. Oh my goodness. The stage is louder than the house. I couldn't tell the house speakers the- were on. I'm like, are they even working? <laughs> and then I walked up the stage and there's like eight speakers on the stage that's designed for maybe one. I mean, they had them in every corner of the stage. I'm like, why are there so many speakers? Well, we can't hear ourselves. I'm like, well, let's try something real quick. And I unhooked the majority of them. I'm like, why don't you stand a little closer to the speaker instead of having it halfway across the stage? Wow. Because you're losing your what you're hearing just by standing that far away from the thing. And I could tell by their attitude, their older crowd, you know, that when I left, it probably went back exactly the way it was. That, that's, that's happened too. You know, so some, you, it doesn't matter what you do. They ain't changing. Right. They yeah. have to want to change. Do they ever call you back? At, have you have you ran into a situation where you visited a church, right? And mm-hmm. you you made the changes and they go, okay, 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 okay. And they went back and then they called you back? Without doing the changes? Yeah, so, so 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 say you went to the church and and you and you you walked them through the changes and they went say, Oh, this is much better. All right, right, right. And then three months later, they call you back because they went back to the original thing that you told them no. not to do. They probably they probably wouldn't have me back. <laughs> That's happened to me. That had that has happened to me. Had that happen, That's happened to me. I went to a church one time and it was it was bad. It was so bad. It was I mean it was so bad. They had subs, right? They were switching out from a um a digital from an analog console to a digital console. And whoever installed this originally got over. I mean, it was super bad. And so we we switch out we switch out the um the the console and I just really kind of repatched everything into the into the into the digital mixer so they could have the same consistency by where things are, where the groups are, where the auxiliary is. I just kind of patched it the same way. And I and they were they were running subs on an aux. So I threw the subs up on the aux and I'm hearing full range. I'm like, and I'm like, I said, is it are the tops on? So I turned the house down and I threw the I threw the sub group up. I was like, what? So I told my partner, and I said, hey, listen, the, the subs were in behind an cl- enclosure, right? They pop it out. It's full ranges down there, in there, 15s. And, and I, when I looked at the EQ, because they had, they had graphs on all the outputs, I looked at EQ, I said, oh, this dude scooped everything under 100 out, under 80, and just bumped it up at 50 to make it seem like they had a sub when they didn't have a sub. <laughs> it, and then yeah so the same, same same scenario they called me back to try to fix it amongst other things but um like you said over time sometimes people are kind of stuck in their ways and change is not part of the the language and yeah yeah i i i i, I, t- I totally get it it's harder in some of those older older smaller churches but i mean a lot of the churches I've been to, whoever's behind the mixer, if you explain things to them, right? I mean, they're not doing things totally wrong sometimes, but there's sometimes a better way to do things. Right. Like a lot of times I'll find when they're EQing stuff, they'll be like, oh man, I need more bass. So they just crank the bass up on the EQ. And I explain to them, I'm like, if you would approach it this way, where listen for what you don't want, what sounds bad to you? I'm like, pull that out of the mix. I'm like, because if you just start boosting things, I'm like, if you, you know, oh, you know, the bass isn't loud enough. So they boost the bass on the EQ. I'm like, if you would think about it and you get rid of the stuff that you don't like, it's actually raising the stuff that you want. Right. Right. And you're running less problems that way. So sometimes it's just taking the time to explain things to people. Mm hmm on a different approach. Right. Yeah. You know, same thing with mon- monitor mixing. 
you know, everybody's like, oh, can I get more of this? Can I get more of this? Can I get more of this? And eventually their mix is so stinking high. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, mix of monitors, sometimes people come over, hey, can I get more uh, of, the, of the click? But, you know, you look at their mix and everything's pretty high. You grab everything else, just bring it down a couple dB. Mm-hmm. What I do, I raise the click without raising the click. Right. 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 You know, same thing with mixing. You know, sometimes people just don't, haven't been taught that or know that. Right. Right. That right. you don't always have to raise things. Yeah. It's auto removal. Subtraction is addition. That's what I always say. Mm-hmm. Subtraction is addition. So if someone wants to contact you, like how, how do they reach out to you? Uh, basically my Facebook pages, I uh, got email, uh, which is CSMT David Jordan at gmail.com. And mainly I work the central Florida area, but I'm just me and I don't travel a ton because I don't have the funds, you know, most churches don't have the funds to fly me somewhere and put me up somewhere. Right. <laughs> so right. I mainly work ar- around my local area. Cool. Helping churches out here. Cool. That's cool. And I've been to some churches that were so small, you know, I just went in there and gave them my advice and, and they're like, how much we charge you? I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm like, all I'm in here doing is telling you, you know, you need to do this, this, and this. Right. I'm like, Cause I feel bad because I know they probably ain't got the funds to do this. Mm-hmm. So it's probably going to take them. I don't know a while. They even make some of these changes. Yeah. You know, right. right. Sometimes they don't have the heart to charge people, but I mean, if, if they're calling me back every week, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing it all for free. I did that too many years. Got you. Got you. You know, I was a tech director, volunteer tech director for like 20 something years. Wow. At a church. I worked more than the paid staff did. Wow. You know, but the church wasn't big enough to, I guess, have a paid tech director. Yeah. that's That's a lot of work. Tech director. Actually learned a lot doing that. And smaller churches, sometimes, you know, whoever's heading up the thing learns a lot more than you would in some bigger churches because you have to oversee the entire thing. Right. You have to learn a little bit about lighting, a little bit about the media and a little bit about, you know, Mm -hmm. because you might be the only one running it all. (laughs) Yeah, that's the truth. You may be doing sound, adjusting, you know, changing, switching over to the live stream, going back, running pro presenter, like you're doing all of these things. But the, the, be- the beauty of that is, is that when you do get a staff and you do get a team, you have an experience that no one else has. So you understand when someone's going through things, like when they're getting frustrated with this or frustrated with that and how to get to this scene or, or, or they're on the mixer or they're on pro presenter or they're doing, dealing with the live stream. You've, you've gathered enough skills to troubleshoot everything but now you can keep it more specific because now you know it's, it's like the guy that started out as a CEO, but is a CEO, but he started out as, a, as the janitor. Yeah. He understands what the janitors go with. Instead of just coming in there at the top and just expecting people to do what you, you want them to do, even though you don't know what they're doing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So before we get out of here, first of all, thank you. Thank you for carving out some time in your schedule to do this. Um, this has been a great conversation. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to glean from this. Um, I will put your information in the show notes and the Facebook page and all that. You guys go to check out the Facebook page. Um, great, great stuff there. A, a lot of dig, a lot of Digico, a lot of Digico there. A lot. That's on my page. That just happens because I'm at First Baptist a lot. It's a, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. So we're going to do this thing. These are, these are called fast hitters and quitters. Quick questions, quick answers. Yes, no, maybe so. True, false. It's called 30 seconds and gone. So five questions. First question. 
Batman or Superman? Batman. Batman, okay. SUV, car, or pickup? Pickup. Okay. Nike, Adidas, Skechers, or New Balance? That's a hard one. Probably Nike. <laughs> Nike, okay. <clears throat> What's your favorite console other than Digico? I really don't have a favorite console. My favorite one is whatever I get the mix on. That's a great answer. Okay. What's the what's the social media app that you're mostly on? Facebook. Facebook. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs of all ages. I want to thank my good friend to being on the show, David Jordan of CSMT. Show notes will be there. Make sure you go to the make sure you go to their Facebook page. Very good conversation, man. I had a great time. I hope you had a great time. Oh yeah. Enjoy and, it. Yeah, man. Uh, I think that um we covered a lot of ground. And I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of churches, a lot of leaders, a lot of pastors are going to get a get a lot from this. Make sure you like, subscribe, review, share, and um I'm gonna say it like I always say it. Keep God first in everything you do. And I'll see you next time on the Church Sound Podcast.